God has a word for us, but he has a pre-word for us. And what I mean is, I've got my notes here for the sermon that I feel the Holy Spirit would have me preach, but I have my Bible here, and I want to share with you what the Holy Spirit didn't tell me ahead of time. Is that all right? I want to make sure everybody has their Bible in their hand. I want you to hold it up. I love it. Look around. We've got different sizes. We've got lots of different interpretations, translations. We've got one here on a phone, a couple on a phone. How many have them on your phone? There's some back here on the phone. I love it. I'm going to help you right now. If you don't get anything else, you need to get this. Because what you're holding in your hand is how you will overcome the discouragement. Well, I know it's basic, and maybe you were looking for something a little, a little more dazzling. I don't know of anything more dazzling than this. And some things you just can't say any other way. It's just a gentle reminder of what you already know to be true. God's Word is powerful. It's sharp. It's alive. It's active. It's able. And folks, if we will do our part in every day disciplining ourselves to get into His Word, His Word will get into us. But we have a fight on our hands. There's a fight going on. It is for the soul of mankind. And in particular, it is for your soul. The enemy hates you. Sorry. He absolutely despises you. All who have called upon the name of the Lord and confessed Christ to be their Savior and their Lord, He hates you. And He does everything in His ability to distract and discourage us. Get into the Word. Get your mind transformed every morning. But it's something that you have to discipline yourself to do. And go to the Word. Find a place where you will be in the Word. Do you have a prayer closet? It doesn't have to be shaped as a closet and look like a closet. It needs, however, to be a place where you go to for your devotional time, your prayer time, your, your reading time. It can be in your bedroom. Yes, absolutely. Close your door. Make sure you're not distracted. Get in your prayer closet. Let your bedroom be transformed. Now it's no longer my bedroom. Now it is my prayer closet. Let your office space, close your door, shut your phone off. Let your office space be transformed into your, into your closet area that you are alone with God and God is communing with you. You are speaking to him. He is speaking to you. You are waiting on him. You are listening to him. He's a 
revealing himself through his word to you. You must do this. You must do this, church, or you will not grow and you'll be discouraged. You'll be distracted. And before long, you'll be conformed to the world and not transformed by renewing your mind. So there's the pre-word. And all God's people said amen for God's word. Amen. Now I want you to get your Bible, and we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I've entitled the message today, A Call to Remember. Let's start with verse number 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Wow. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart or remember that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. And now, Father, we ask together as a body of believers that you might bless the message that comes forth. Let us hear it. Let us receive it. Let us apply it. And may we be changed because of it. And we give you thanks for this. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Memorial Day was originally designed as a day of remembering. Memorial, memory, remember. And as they formulated this as a designated national annual observance holiday, it was originally intended to be that we would remember the fallen, those who lost their lives serving our country. It has over time evolved and kind of morphed into more than that. Usually nowadays we 
do remember the fallen and we remember our military, it's a good time for us to remember the military who are even currently serving. I don't know about you, but I like to take Memorial Weekend to give God thanks and pray for our service men and women who are on the field right now. Memorial Day has kind of evolved into that portion. More than just the fallen, we remember the living who are serving. And there's one more aspect of Memorial Day. We remember our loved ones who have died and gone on. How many think of your loved ones on Memorial Weekend? Maybe you'll even go and visit a grave of someone that you love who's died. Many, many do this. It's kind of part of now, part of Memorial Weekend. Fine, wonderful. It's just important, folks, that we set aside time to remember. The Bible is very clear. We are to remember. Joshua, in chapter 4, verse 9, set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan River, in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And it says that those stones are there to this day. Why did he do this? He did it to remember God parting the Jordan and them crossing over and God making a way for them. It was important that they remembered. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15, verse number 20, remember my words. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours. Remember what Jesus said. Once a month here, normally it's the first Sunday of the month, we take time to remember the death, burial, resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We call it communion. But we were instructed in the Word of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, every time we take the bread, every time we take the cup, He said, do this and remember. Remember the price that was paid. God called His people this nation of people, Israel. He called them to remember. The call goes forth today because the call isn't just for Israel. The call is for America as well. The call wasn't just for His chosen ones that He brought forth from Egypt, the land of bondage. The call is for us in this room as believers. God's people were commanded to remember. Don't ever forget. I found a few things in particular that I saw God commanding them to remember. First of all, they were to remember the leading of the Lord. Look at verses 1 and 2 of our text here in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. Go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. 
and you shall remember. Remember that the Lord your God led you all the way. Aren't you thankful today for the leading of the Lord? Hallelujah. I'm thankful that God is in control. I'm thankful that He leads me. I thank, I'm thanking Him today that every step that I take is ordered of the Lord and He delights in my way. God has a plan for us. And if we will just let Him, He will lead us just as He led His people these many years ago. Remember the way in which the Lord, your God, has led you. They didn't lead themselves. They didn't lead themselves. Had they led themselves, they certainly would not have led themselves in a desert for 40 years. But you see, God said, remember that the Lord your God, verse 2 again, the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Boy, this is important for us to notate and, well, remember. It was God that led them through the wilderness and even into the wilderness. Now, they had stood here before and they doubted. If you wander, he's going to make you wander. Some of y'all get that over lunch, but that's all right. They're doubting led to the desert place. And not only they're doubting, they're grumbling, they're murmuring, they're complaining, they're backbiting, them talking about the leadership behind the leadership's back. I know nobody wants to hear this today, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says and what happened. It caused God's chosen people to actually be in conflict and be in a land of a desert place when he said, I've got this for you. I've got the promised land. This is what I've promised you. This is yours. This is where I'm leading you. But it's kind of up to you as to how long the journey's going to take. Do you know, scholars tell us, the journey... From Egypt, the land of bondage, the land of slavery, this journey from Egypt to the promised land was only to take 11 days. And they wandered in the desert place for 40 years. But it says the Lord led them. And the Lord was with them. See, the Bible's very clear. God will never leave us or forsake us. But sometimes we wander in the desert unnecessarily. God's still with us because he said he's not going to leave us or forsake us. But he would just as soon us get onto the promised land too. But because of some of our attitude and actions, perhaps maybe we struggle in the desert place longer than we needed to. God's still there. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm out here in the wilderness and, and God's nowhere to be found. Not so. God is there with you. And you should be very, very thankful that He is there with you because it's in the wilderness that we learn, we grow, He provides for us. 
See, they learned as they were in the wilderness. They, they, they learned uh, how to be humble before the Lord. Their wills were broken so they could know God's will. They learned that God is the one who leads His people. They learned of God's word and that it is true and that they are to observe it and to remember it and to live by it. God called this nation to remember the leading of the Lord. I say it's time for America to remember the leading of the Lord. America didn't get where she is today on her own. It was God that was in with the pilgrims as they traveled across the ocean. God keeping them safe. God causing them to come onto this land. God led them from their bondage, really, to our land of freedom, the home of the, the free and the brave. Yes. If America would just pause and remember the leading of the Lord. It was God who led our signers of the Declaration of Independence, declaring we are now one nation under God and we're signing on the dotted line. It was God that led this great nation to that place and to that table. The vast majority of those who signed our Declaration of Independence were devout believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. America needs to remember how God has led her. Just as the nation of Israel was called to remember the leading of the Lord. Remember, verse number 2, that the Lord your God has led you to this place. You didn't get here on your own. So should America remember. They need to remember times when freedom's future has been unsure and God has led us. America needs to remember times when our basic freedoms have come under attack and God has faithfully led us. America, we should remember when foreign enemies have, have, have breached our borders and threatened us, but God has successfully led us. America should remember times when our own domestic problems seem to overwhelm seemed too serious to solve and somehow, some way, under God's hand of direction and God's leading, we've come through. Folks, what America needs is a wind of revival. What America needs is a fire of revival burning throughout our land from the mountain to the prairie. To the oceans, white with foam, God, let revival start. Let revival begin. Let revival fire spread across our great land. This is what she needs. America is really a bit of a rebellious teenager. You say, teenager? Pastor, we're well over 200 years old. Well, in the scope of 
the age of a country, we're very young. England laughs at us when we talk about antiques. Antiques for America is, you know, 100 years old, 200 years old. They have antiques that are thousands of years old. We're young. We're young and dumb. <laughs> We're a bit of a rebellious teenager, America. That's just how I feel. Thinking she knows it all. Thinking she's got this world licked. Thinking that she's better than everybody else. And doesn't need, to, doesn't need anybody to tell her anything because she already knows it all. Now, if you're a teenager, please understand, I'm not busting on you. Because there are plenty, thanks be to God, plenty of our teens who do not go through the rebellious stage. So I'm not suggesting for one minute that just because you go into a teen area of life and that section of living that you have to be rebellious. Thank God that you can be sold out for Him and you can bypass the rebellious stage altogether. Amen. Anybody thankful with me for godly teenagers? who rise above, who love God, who are sold out to God. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying there is a stereotypical age of life. Rebellion attaches itself. And I kind of see that with America. But we need to remember, as a country... God has led us, and He desires to continue to lead, to lead us. Here's something that might help us to actually go back to letting God lead us. It is remembering God also chastens. Oh yes, look at verse number 5. You should also know in your heart, or remember this as well, as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Now, I want to make a statement here that may not be very politically correct, but understand, I'm not looking to be politically correct, I'm looking to be biblically correct. Our society has so swung that they don't, they don't believe that, that there's any appropriate time to physically discipline your child. Which I think is completely contrary to what the Word teaches us. And I believe in the right manner for the appropriate situation filled completely with love that you better discipline your child. I still believe to spare the rod is to spoil the child. And I don't know exactly what they meant by rod right there. And I'm not for just beating the daylights out of a child. The 
But folks, I think there's more to discipline than just taking away their iPhone for a week. I think, again, for the appropriate situation, at the appropriate time, filled with love, that we need to discipline our children, even in a physical way. Because I believe that's what the Word of God teaches us. Unfortunately, many, many have abused this. And because they've abused uh, this principle, they end up abusing children. And I do not promote that, and I'm not an advocate for that whatsoever. Children are a gift from God. They're a heritage from the Lord, and we are to love them. But part of loving them, folks, is chastening them. That is part of the loving process. If you truly love your child, you're going to chasten them. You're going to correct them. How many have ever had God spank you on the backside? Mm-mm-mm. Doesn't that hurt? I'm telling you, that hurts. It's no fun being chastened by the Lord. But if God did not correct us, if God did not chasten us, then He doesn't love us as a father. And we need to remember the chastening of the Lord. He said to the people of Israel, his chosen people, don't ever forget this. See, because God loves me as an individual, he will chasten me. But sometimes it goes beyond just the individual. God will chasten a family that's in rebellion, that's running. God will chasten a church. God will chasten a nation. God chastened Israel for their grumbling, complaining, the Bible says, their inappropriate talk, caused them to wander far longer than they ever should have. And in fact, one whole generation did not get to enter into the promised land. Their children, the next generation, Got to go in. Wow. That's severe. But see, we have to remember that, you know, we talk about God is love. Boy, we can put on the peace shirts and peace necklaces and pass around some dope and just talk about how God is love, right? <laughs> That's what they did. Peace, everybody. Peace, love, and dope. God, and, and talking about God in it. Craziness. God is love. No war, just peace. Love each other. Listen, God is love. But because He is a God of love, He is also a God of discipline. He's a, he's a just God. He's a jealous God, the Bible tells us. We need to remember other aspects of our God. He is a God of love, but He's a jealous God. He's a just God. And He's a God that's true to His word. And He said, whatever you sow... That will you also reap. That's individually, that's for the family, that's for the body of Christ as a church, and it is for a nation as well. And I shudder to think what will be the chastening 
on this great land that we call the home of the free and the brave. Some have suggested if America continues on the path that she is on, in her rebellious state, in her know-it-all state, running from God, taking, taking prayer out of the schools, taking the Ten Commandments off of our government walls. Some have suggested that God may owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. Do you know over 50 million babies have been murdered since 1973? Would anybody care to tell us what 1973 has to do with anything? Absolutely. Roe versus Wade, a turning point in our country's progress. 50 million abortions since 1973. Do you know that 95% of every abortion is because it's inconvenient to the mother? She just doesn't want the baby. It's not convenient right now. I've already got two or three. I'll just... It's just birth control. 95%. Maybe you didn't get that. Because it slapped me in the face. We think... You know, they wave the banner of, well, what about rape and incest? Okay. One, one and a half percent. What about the mother's, the mother's life is at risk and, and they, they, they say if she, she has this pregnancy and has this baby, the mother will certainly die. Okay, three, three and a half percent. Which, by the way, just so we're clear, I'm not an advocate for abortion for any reason. Rape, incest, or the mother's risk. I'm really not. I think our God is big enough to make a way where there seems to be no way to take a horrible situation and turn it around for His glory. So I do not promote or, or support abortion on any level for any reason. Can I make that any clearer to us today? And I would hope that as a body of believers, you would stand with me on this. 50 million babies have been slaughtered, have been murdered. God, have mercy on this country. God, please spare us. Who knows what the chastening is going to be for our waywardness as a nation. Are you getting this today, patriots? Are you getting this today, Americans? Are you getting this today, believers? We've got to remember God is the one who led us here. And God is the one who chastens. But there's one more thing that I believe we should remember and I want us to remember it all weekend. In fact, may we never forget this. Don't ever forget how faithful God is. Oh, don't ever forget the faithfulness of the Lord. God is faithful. And the call came to them to remember 
his faithfulness. Verse number 7. Oh, I like this. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. How many are ready to go into your good land? Hallelujah. How many God has promised you something and you're ready to step into it? God has promised you this. God has promised you that. God has promised you he's going to take you out of bondage and bring you into the land of milk and honey. Bring you into a land of promise. For the Lord your God, remember this. He's bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and, and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. And everybody said amen. amen. Oh, but then there's a caution that comes right on the heels. Verse number 11, beware. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you've eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply, your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, and he brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you and to do the good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Be careful. Be forewarned. You shall remember, verse 18, that the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, little g, and serve them and worship them, I, testif I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before you. Get this, Americans. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. We need to remember the faithfulness of God. It's God who gives us the power to get wealth. You didn't by your own ability, by your own power, by your own good looks earn one thin, thin dime. You wouldn't have two pennies to rub together had it not been for the hand of Almighty God supplying you with the power to get wealth. Don't ever forget that. If you forget that, you are going to stray away from his statutes. You are going to stray away from his judgments. You are going to stray away from his commandments. And listen to what he said. And it is a promise and you can write it down. You can take it to the bank. You will surely perish. 
You've got to remember the faithfulness of God. And had it not been for God, I would have lost my mind a long time ago. Had it not been for the hand of the Lord, I would be racked with disease. I would be in pain today. I would be in a, a prison cell somewhere today. Had it not been for the faithful hand of God, don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Be reminded today. I urge you, as the nation of Israel was commanded these many years ago, remember, the call goes forth today. A call to remember. He supplied manna for their food. They'd never had it before. Their fathers had never had it before. It was supernatural. It rained down nourishment. It rained down food, sustenance every day. They were thirsty. No water. Well, they're in the desert. Of course not. What did God do? It said out of the flinty rock. I don't know what a flinty rock looks like, but I like how he worded it right there. He made water come out of the flinty rock. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. Some of y'all are so dry. Some of y'all have been wandering in the desert for so long. That flinty rock is about to gush forth for you. You're about to have water, living water again in the desert place. Hallelujah. A call to remember. God's been faithful to this great land. Providing for her bountiful harvests. Unimagined wealth right here in the United States of America. Protection in battles, the blessing of freedom. America needs to remember. She needs to remember the leading of the Lord, bringing her to where she is today, the chastening of the Lord. Because that may cause us to get back to letting God lead us again. And she needs to remember how faithful God has been. Few battles have been fought on this soil. Have you ever thought about that? There have been some early, early on in our, in our foundings. But most battles that we are engaged in are not on this soil. God has been faithful. Church, I'm going to ask us to end today by gathering under this flag. Now, there's a lot of us, so maybe we could pull the uh, altars all the way to the side. Ushers, would you quickly help me just pull these uh, uh, altars off to the side? And I'm going to invite you to stand. And I want us to gather around this front area. We're gathered around the altar area, but we're symbolically gathering under this flag and gathering as a nation, as representatives. How about that? I mean, this is your land too. This is your country too. I don't think it's right that we just sit back and let them change our nation it's, it's my country too. It is your land. So we're just going to sit back and let them change the rules? 
Let me remind you, press on in, press on in. We got lots of people here today, praise God. Let me remind you, prayer works. The God that led us from England to here, led us through difficult times, He's the same God with the same ability and the same love. Yes, there's a price to pay for the sowing and reaping, but I believe we can, as representatives of the nation, pray for this nation, pleading with God, have mercy. God, have mercy. And truly, we say it a lot at 4th of July and maybe Memorial Day. We sing it, God bless America. Think about what you're saying. We need to be asking God, please, we need your blessing. That those words weren't casual when they were spoken, when they were written, when they were birthed. These people were pleading with our same God. God, have mercy. God, bless this land. God bless America. We've sung it so many times, read it maybe, that it's casual. I don't want it to be this morning. I want us to plead that God would do so. Bless our, bless our nation. Bless this land. And send revival. Let revival fires burn from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans, both, both coasts, Lord. Every state in our union, God, urban and rural, God, send revival. Let revival fires burn. I want you to stretch your hand forth toward this great, great flag. Mm. And I want you to begin to pray as a patriot, as a, as a member of this land, as a citizen, and more than just a patriot, more than just a citizen, you are a born-again believer. So our, our prayers should be vastly different. And if I could just add this, you're a spirit-filled believer. The majority of people who are lifting your hands right now, I know for a fact you're spirit-filled. And that's a whole nother dimension. That's a whole nother level. Maybe some of you could just right now begin to pray and intercede in the spirit right now. Pray for this land. Pray for our nation. Somebody please stand in the gap for the great United States of America. Ask God to have mercy. Ask God to bless this land. Oh God, we repent, Lord, on behalf of our nation, Lord. Things that have been done, things that have been said, God. The turning from you. We repent, Lord. We plead for your mercy, God. We ask you to forgive us as a nation, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for our, our waywardness, for our rebelliousness, Lord, for our know-it-all attitude that we have, God. Humble us, Lord Jesus. Turn us as a nation back to you. And we pray, Lord, for revival fires to start in every state of this union, Lord. Every, every state, God, let revival fires sweep across the land. Let it be in the mountains. Let it be in the, in, the, in the hillsides, God. Let it be in the meadows and in the valleys, God. Let it be in the desert place, God. 
Let it be from ocean to ocean. Revival fires burning. Revival fires spreading. Revival fires growing. Hallelujah. Raise up believers, God. Raise up spirit-filled believers who will take a stand and say what is right, standing for what is right, speaking forth what is right. Hallelujah. God, we lift up our president. We lift up President Obama to you right now. And God, we are thankful for his life. And we ask God right now for you to bless him. We pray, Lord, that he would turn to you, Lord, that he would, he would have ears that would hear your voice speaking. Holy Spirit, even now, wherever he might be, we pray for your presence to surround him. Hallelujah. Arrest him in the spirit realm right now. Let revival fires burn in the heart of our leader today. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God, and let it fall. Let it flow from the head. To the, to the rest of the body, Lord. We pray for our senators and for our, our, our congressmen, Lord, and our representatives, God. Turn them to the Lord. Turn them to the Word of God. We pray, Lord, for our governors and for our mayors, Lord, and for our, our, our city officials, our state officials, God, all those who are involved in making decisions for our land, for our cities, for our states, and for this nation. Hallelujah. Reveal yourself, Almighty God, Jehovah God, Yahweh God, the only true God, the living God, the one who was, the one who is, the one who's going to be tomorrow, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Reveal yourself to our leaders. Turn their hearts, God. Turn their hearts. And Lord, we pray for your blessing on this land. God bless America. Come on, pray that right now. Come on, pray that right now. Don't, it, don't let it be cliche. Don't let it be a phrase. Come on, pray right now. Pray for His blessing. Pray for His hand moving. Pray for His provision. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Bless this great land. Now put your hand over your heart. Sing God bless America. Land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light. with foam. Come on, everybody, lift your voice. Pray it. God bless. This is our prayer today. My hope, sweet hope. God bless America. Say, God bless America. My home, sweet. From the mountains, say, from the mountains to the sin revival fires to the oceans 
proud to be an American. Come on, let's put our hands together today. Amen. 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 Still the greatest land in all the world. This United States of America, the home of the free and the brave. Let me just pray one more prayer as we are gathered together. I think it's only fitting that we pray for our service men and women who are right now, they're fighting for us. They're fighting for us. We focus on Afghanistan and Iraq and rightly so, but remember we have military around the world, all around the world, just every country you can think of, we have representatives. And they're fighting for us. And so, Lord, we lift up our various branches of military service. We are so thankful, God. We believe in our military. And we pray for them today. We ask for your blessing on their lives. We pray for safety. God, keep them safe. Keep them from danger and from harm. We pray for your favor, God. Help them to instinctively maybe even know where the enemy is and what the enemy's plan is. Reveal that to them, God. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just settle next to each member of our military branches all around the world. Let them know your presence today. Let them know that you are with them. Reveal yourself to them. So many don't even really know you. God, we pray that you would reveal yourself to them. Bless them. Keep them. Give them favor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One more reminder. There's no service tonight. We're giving you time to reflect, relax, and yes, remember. Okay? And throughout the rest of this weekend, take time to be in prayer for our great country. We need to be praying for our country, folks. Have an awesome Memorial Weekend. God bless. From the mountain to the prairie to the